Hello and welcome into the Gotta Be Saints podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Gotta. Join me each week as I tackle life's most important question How do I become a saint? Today's episode is How the Catechism Can Make You a Saint. I have with me Edmund Mitchell. Edmund, how are you? Doing great, man. It's great to be here. I did say that right, did I? Did I? Yes, Edmund, like Edmund Dantes or Edmund from Chronicles of Narnia who betrayed all his friends for Turkish delight. Okay, good, good. Yeah. Perfect. Well, before we get started, I just want to give a shout out to the Catholic Company and Good Catholic who are the sponsors for this podcast. This is a Good Catholic podcast, and we're so thankful for all that they do to help us here at Gotta Be Saints. Use code GATA for a discount on both websites. If you're on the Catholic Company website, use code GATA. You get 25% off any order. You're not going to find that discount anywhere else. So 25% off, use code GATA. And secondarily for Good Catholic, use code GATA for 20% off. I know it's a little less, but you people at home will be okay. So use those codes. Check us out. Um, but now we're going to dive into today's episode, how the catechism can make you a saint. Um, I'm going to let you introduce yourself because I think that always is a better way to do it than me reading off. Yeah, sure. Uh, my name is Edmund Mitchell. I'm, I think I'm 34 and I'm from Fort Worth, Texas and raised cradle Catholic and then worked in parish ministry for about 10 years. And along the way also, you know, when you work in youth ministry and parish ministry, you have to learn how to do stuff yourself. So I was learning how to do graphic design and social media and marketing and making videos and podcasting and um, met met up with two people, Edmundo Reyes and Emily Muntock, who had this crazy idea of transforming the catechism into digital content um, to unlock the catechism for the world and uh, met up with them and kind of around that time in my life, kind of transitioned out of parish ministry and into freelance uh, content creation, digital marketing, that kind of stuff. And then had this opportunity, um, thanks to our Sunday visitor who funded this project called Real and True. And we've been doing Real and True now for, well, we, we planned for it for a long time, but it's been launched about six to eight months ago. And so now I work full time uh, on this project called Real and True, which is a global digital project that creates digital content. So animated videos, live action videos uh, based on the catechism of the Catholic Church. Um, so that's a little bit about me. I also like uh, almond butter. Okay. I really okay. enjoy almond butter. <laughs> a good random fact. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and you were telling me, I don't want to forget it. You were telling me that Real and True just got approval or uh, maybe that's not the right word from the Vatican. Yeah. The Vatican, the committee what? on the new evangelization um, reviewed the project and the content. And basically what they said was, you know, this, this is a project that they, um, approve as a service and apostolate that's that's uh, participating in the new evangelization. So that like it's a uh, valid. Not not to say that other projects aren't valid, but they're basically saying you know we want to say that this is a good example of the new evangelization and and you know they kind of put their blessing on it. Yeah, so it's it's similar to what like the impromptor that you or however you say that on the yeah book. kind of. I mean, it doesn't mean that we can't make mistakes. It doesn't mean that um. Yeah, it's not the like official like everything we say is uh is um yeah the imprimatur and the uh, Neil Obstad. It's not exactly like that, but basically saying um that Pope Francis and I are best friends and we text. Yeah, okay, that's good. what that means. Good. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, 
Maybe if you could tell him to, you know, customize that wheelchair, I think. Okay, uh, I'll shoot him a text right now. I'll say, Brendan, Brendan had a uh, suggestion. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Let me know if he responds. Yeah. Um, well, good. We're going to, we're going to dive in here. And, you know, from my end, I've seen some of your videos. I, uh, I usually try to, if, if I'm having someone on and it's not somebody that I know personally, uh, you know, like to check out some of their content. And I saw you had a video, uh, with focus that I was checking out and I've seen some of your other yeah. stuff too. And um, so if anyone at home is listening, I suggest checking, checking you out. I think you're uh, one thing that I appreciate is you're very animated, which I think is good. Thanks. Uh, I think people can relate to that slash. I, I think our church sometimes needs a little more vibrancy and yeah. I think you express that. And, um, and I think you and your team are just creative and how you create your content, which is fun. I, there's one video uh, and you guys can watch this. Maybe I'll link it to the, the show notes, but you were just bouncing around between airport to house, you know, just all this different stuff. But yeah, that that's kind of what, I mean, there's, there's a uh, one video, every unit we have on the catechism, there's one video where basically that's, that's my job is just be on camera and be, be a goofball um, and try to talk about the catechism. <laughs> hey, it, it worked. I mean, I, I, not to uh, get away from what we're here to actually talk about, but I was yeah. on the other day and a buddy uh, posted and he talked about, do you know what the, the next step is the line that you write and copy? What is the, what is the goal of every line? And it was to get somebody to read to the next line. Ooh. And it was just, I like that. you would think that, you know, it's actually, Oh, it's about, you know, telling your story or, and sure, all those things are important, but really the most important thing is to get someone to the next line. And that yeah. purpose is to get you to the next line and the next line so too with a video, you know, your goal is to get someone to continue to watch. And yeah. when you do things like you were doing where there's still the message, simply it's still there. It's not, it's not going away, but you're also adding another element. You're keeping people engaged yeah. in a way that is uh, different than someone just watching a lecture or yeah. something like that. You know, that. it's, it's videos all the way down, you know, and uh, you know, our goal is to cover all four pillars of the catechism, the catechism, has, you know, those four pillars. And so it's probably going to be about a four year project. And we try to divide each pillar into one year of content and each year into 12 units of content. Uh, so it's a lot, but uh, theoretically we could keep going too and do more thematic videos and those types of things. Uh, I mean, my, my biggest passion or my kind of prayer for the mission of Real and True is not just that we're creating content, but that people are inspired by the, the, the mission of it and the project, which the challenge is how do we take this text and retransform it into a living voice, right? Which is, which is the task of all of us as Christians, right? To, to participate in the echoing of the deposit of faith, right? The church does it in an official capacity and we can participate in that. And, um, you know, I can say Jesus is the son of God, but um, we also can participate like, like God needs in a way, in a way, Brendan to say Jesus is the son of God and me to say Jesus is the son of, in my own language, in my own culture, in my own, uh, the way I would say it. Um, so it's not to say that there's new revelation or new deposits, but, but we, we can become this kind of like participating in the incarnational aspect of catechesis. Like we, we, uh, incarnate the deposit of faith, you know, the faith for people to, to see and feel and touch. And it's kind of the, you know, it's a little bit, <laughs> it's important to the Catholic faith incarnation or this idea of uh, visible, invisible things made visible. Um, so it's really exciting. So I hope other people kind of can see that it's, you know, it's not just what, it's not just, Oh, this project transforms text into videos. It's this idea and this 
this project and challenge, I guess, mission of um, articulating in our current day and age and voice and culture, um, the deposit of faith, the gospel message in Jesus Christ in exciting ways, like you said, so that people watch the next video or so that people would read. I mean, in some ways, that's the greatest um, compliment is when someone reads your next line or watches your next video, right? Like that's the biggest compliment of all is that people want want to give more attention to the thing you're talking about. Um, so yeah, I love that. I love that, that goal of just getting people to the next, to the next line. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, the word, the word became flesh here. You are trying to make the word take on flesh in a certain, yeah. sense. and you're, you're giving it life. And I think, um, we'll get into this of course, but there's, there's such a beauty to our faith and such a beauty to the teachings of our faith. And I mean, I have, I'm having a little bit of PTSD from my intro to catechetics class. Dude, uh, we both went to Franciscan, right? Yeah. And did yeah. you major in catechetics? I, I was going to until intro to catechetics with uh, <laughs> Johanna. Uh, she's a wonderful woman, but she, she kind of made me think, think twice. And so yeah, I studied communications instead. And here I am uh, still working for the church, sister Johanna. I still love the Lord. <laughs> but, uh, she uh, focused a lot on the section uh, in the catechism on prayer. Mm, yeah. When I was like, you know, I'm getting C's and D's and I thought I was doing okay. And she was, <laughs> well, you're not. And so I said, well, I think I, uh, I'll exit uh, left and focus on radio and TV. And uh, see, yeah, I, 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 I had the, I had the opposite. So, um, uh, when I was in high school and I was looking at colleges, I just wanted to go to a college where I thought I could be considered really smart and I could become really rich. And I was like, I want to <laughs> do biomedical engineering. And then I went to Georgia tech and, uh, basically I was buying more religious books than I were, than I was paying attention to my school books. I was not doing, I was getting C's and D's in, in classes at Georgia tech and was really involved in the ministry at the Catholic center. And then I was really into Scott Hahn. For those of you who don't know, he's a Catholic, you know, theologian and author kind of public popular author. And at one point I turned to the back of a Scott Hahn book and it said that he taught at this university, Franciscan university. So I called their admissions counselor kind of thinking, I don't know, maybe I need a transfer. Maybe I need a different thing. So I call and they're like, what makes you interested in coming to Franciscan? And I said, I think I want to be Scott Hahn. And, <laughs> and he said, that's not a career path, man. <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, and uh, I said, well, maybe something like theology. And he said, well, theology is the science of the study of God. So it's like a more of a scholarly pursuit and, or you could be maybe a teacher, but they, they introduced me to this word catechetics. Right. And, and I was like, well, what's that? And they said, well, what you're describing is more how to pass on the faith to someone else. And that, from that moment, that word hooked me and changed my life. You know, I, I would look at other, you know, Catholic programs or whatever, and you know, religious education or the, but I couldn't find some, a, a university at the time. There was no real university that had a full major on catechetics, the, the, how do we using God's, uh, teaching methods, how do we pass on the faith? How do we participate in this echo? And so, uh, I went to Franciscan and compared to my calc classes, like I almost have, uh, photographic memories of lectures. Cause I was so tuned in. Like, it was like, this is my thing. Like, these are my people. This is, this is, and I was so excited to like get out of, uh, college and go start catechizing and, and, evangelizing and being part of it. I just, I just, I'm such a nerd when it comes to catechetics and, and catechesis. Yeah, no, I think it's beautiful. And I think that's a beautiful, you know, as we're here to talk about the catechism, you yeah. know, 
the words it's right there you know yeah catechism um you know they match up there so uh i think you know you kind of already are answering my first question but you know it gotta be saints we focus on you know this topic the topic how does the catechism make you a saint well that's our main focus here um is to be a saint love that mission uh, it brings us back to that question, you know, how do I become a saint? So if you want, I'm sure it just couples in with what you're already talking about, but why are you so passionate about this topic? So it started, I guess, at Georgia Tech and you're reading these books. And then if you want to just keep going into it, I mean, it's. it's yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. You know, um, I, my, my kind of journey of faith started out very intellectual. You know, I was raised Catholic, cradle Catholic, and I thought, Catholicism was just like a subject like anything else, like math and science. And so I used subjects, I used intellectual knowledge kind of, I don't know, to make myself feel better or to try to, you know, I would have uh, arguments with Protestants or atheists at my high school. And we'd like, during lunch, uh, we'd go to a classroom and like debate, you know, whether or not God existed and stuff. So it's very intellectual, you know. And, um, but then I started realizing, especially when I went to Franciscan, that there was this other element that I was kind of missing, which is a personal relationship with Jesus, that God is alive and he wants a relationship with me. It's not just, just intellectual assent. It's, you know, as the catechism says, faith is a, um, a personal response of the whole of man, you know, intellect, will, my heart, my path, everything to God um, who desires to reveal himself to us. And so this idea that there's a difference between theology and catechesis. And what I mean is um, theology is the science of the study of God. And that, sometimes goes into these gray areas or these questions or trying to articulate better. What do we mean when we say Jesus is the son of God? Like, how do we define that? And throughout church history, that's kind of the the project of theologians and of the church is to reflect on this kernel of the deposit, this kernel of what God's revealed. How do we explain it better? Right. Um, but there's a lot of stuff that, you know, when we talk about catechesis, we're only talking about the stuff that God desires to reveal to every single person. And what I what we what we mean by that is that anything that God desired to reveal, he wants you to know. Like he wants it's like your salvation in a way is dependent on you knowing it. Like God revealed that Jesus is the son of God, son of the father, because he wanted Brendan today to know that thing, right? And because it's important and our response is important. Um, so we're talking about, that's why they call it this precious deposit of faith. You know, like God has revealed, there's a beginning and end to what he has given us. He gave us this deposit of faith. Here's everything I want to reveal to man. And, uh, it's this gift that God wants us to know it. I remember a professor in, at Franciscan said, your brain is literally made and created to consume the deposit of faith, to, to have revelation in it. You know, like it's like your brain, if you memorize, you know, the 10 commandments, your brain, literally God, the highest, you know, good for your brain is to know the 10 commandments and know about God. Um, so that's what makes me really excited is I used to, you know, it, it's good that we have all these different Catholic apostolates and we have all these different discussions. And I was, you know, after I graduated college, you know, trying to figure out how to be an adult, how to be a Christian in my own, like, like what is my call to sanctity look like in my everyday life? And I got really caught up in, you know, the culture wars and defending the faith and all these things. And I realized I was kind of ashamed that I hadn't spent enough time really just sitting with the basic deposit of faith, like the basic gospel message and allowing it to change me. And sometimes 
sometimes the things that are the most, I don't know, simple and fundamental are the things we spend the least amount of time on. Cause we're just like, Oh, well I get it. God's a Trinity. Like I get it. Move on. Well, it's like, that's the craziest thing like imaginable. We could spend the rest like centuries just reflecting on the idea of God as Trinity, but we just move on to something that we think might be more exciting. So that's why I got really excited about the catechism is that this is, this is, um, you know, Pope St. John Paul, the 20th Pope St. Pope St. John, the 23rd, I believe it was said the catechism is the, the constant preoccupation of the church. And what he means is like catechesis, like passing on what the church has revealed by God is the occupation of the church is what the church does. Mm. Um, so that's really exciting. I mean, it's exciting information. It's not just information. Like it's, it's this living and, uh, you know, like scripture living and effective. I mean, revelation, divine revelation, sacred revelation uh, is, is exciting because it's so relevant and necessary and powerful and it's what it's all about. Yeah. Oh, truly. Well, and I think too, you're just, you know, you're hitting on something that I think here, especially in our country, we, we, we want knowledge. We want to know so many things. And yet sometimes what we're consuming is so worthless in the yeah. grand scheme of things. I mean, and, and that's coming from someone who, as we're recording, I have another a tab up. I'm not, I haven't looked at it. Anyone who's at home, but it's my angels versus Yankees box score. I'm <laughs> constantly, you know, consuming yeah. things that it's, it's not bad. It's mm-hmm. not, there's nothing wrong with caring about my baseball team. Yeah. And at the same time, all the more this knowledge that you're talking about, that we're talking about here, the knowledge of the things that God wants us to know that are essential to our salvation sometimes get just pushed to the back burner in a way that is, it's so sad. And I mean, it's, of course, that's what the devil wants. He wants us to (laughs) completely just be busied with everything else in life so that we don't have time for the Lord. Yeah. Our Lord is sitting there and just saying like shaking us. Yeah. Maybe lightly shaking us like, Hey, I'm right here and I'm going to help you. And just what you're talking about too. I I thought of natural law. Like there's a beauty of a bunch of these things are already on our heart. Mm -hmm. The reason why we are drawn to, to service, to help people, why we're drawn to not murdering someone that we intrinsically, no matter if you know the Lord or not, you don't think it's right to kill someone. Yeah. And it's just Jesus and our Lord. It's God knowing that and putting that on our hearts so that we can come to know him, even if we weren't raised in the circumstances that maybe you and I were, you know, we yeah. were fortunate raised in a Catholic or I was yeah, raised yeah. at the home. And it sounds like you were too. Yeah. And that's a blessing, but that's not every situation. And yet our Lord still is inviting those people in other circumstances to come to know him because yeah. he'll make himself known if they're just open. Yeah. And uh, I'll say something a little more controversial maybe. Um, and, and maybe just from my experience, for me, it was very easy. And now we're speaking maybe to like the cradle Catholics or the inside, you know, we're talking to the inside church here, but for me, it was way easier to be preoccupied with whether or not female altar servers should be allowed on the altar than it was for me to be preoccupied with really meditating on the incarnation, the doctrine of the incarnation and how it's going to change my everyday life and how it changes my prayer and the way I'm, uh, communicating with my neighbor and my kids, um, the, like, like the, just reflecting on the idea of the incarnation or, or, or the same with, um, 
whether or not women can be priests, right? Like we get so caught up in these things. And when I was in youth ministry, you know, teens, they get really caught up in those things too, you know, which is, it makes sense. It's, it's kind of a practical thing. Like, what do we do here? A woman wants to be a priest. Why can't they? But, but really the deeper issues are the, the fundamental doctrines of the faith, right? Like, what do we believe man, man, I, I say man, but like, what do we believe that man and woman actually are? Before we get caught up in all of that stuff, it's like, what do we mean? And I remember one time um, a friend saying, you know, is this truth that you're reflecting on, is this a truth or is, is the content you're consuming or whatever, um, is it the truth that Jesus Christ came and died for you to know? And sometimes, and again, political discourse, political activism, you know, pro-life movements, all these things are so important and good. But for me personally, I got so caught up in those things, but underneath my, let's say missionary activity, there's no formation. I was not rooted in the doctrines of the church and in prayer and in a relationship with Jesus. It was just like, let's fight about stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh, Which is a relevant message, right? Like, like we all get caught up in that in social media. It's all these like practical implications of doctrine without actually focusing on the doctrine. Like, are we all talking about the same thing when we say a human person? Uh, maybe we should spend a little more time talking about what a human person is before we start arguing about all these other things, right? Or, or at least, at the very least, we should pause and say, have I spent enough time with those doctrines and allowed them to change me and responded? Because my response is important. It's not just intellectual response, but like a response of my entire, you know, my my heart and my soul, my my intellect and my will to the idea of the enunciation, right? And like you don't think about that. Like you just don't, at least I didn't, I wasn't given good catechesis that presented it in that special way. That was like, your response to the doctrine of the enunciation is important to God. Yeah. It's not just an intellectual thing you memorize. It's like it's important to God that this enters your the cells of your being yeah well two two things from from what you're saying that i I think of one it's uh i was given someone was telling me that they were talking to their her grandma it was it was a nun that i used to work with and she was telling me that she was talking to her either her mom or her grandma and they prayed the rosary every single uh day after mass and this lady's this nun's mom went to daily mass and you know she prayed the she was praying the glorious mysteries and afterwards, the nun was talking to her and or her daughter was talking to her. And she's like, yeah, the assumption, isn't it crazy to think about the fact that the Blessed Mother assumed into heaven and her mom, who's prayed the rosary every day, looked at her and was like, what? What are you talking about? And she's like, the assumption, the mystery you just prayed, Our Lady assumes into heaven. She goes, I don't believe that. <laughs> and I think this was a perfect example of sometimes in our faith, we We've never reflected. We've never asked the questions. We've never even once thought of what we're saying. I mean, you think about even the creed at mass, we say it every single Sunday. And yet for many of us, it's like, wait, what? The resurrection of the dead. Like, what does that mean? And we've yeah. never given it any thought. Yeah. And the second thing that I was drawn from what you were saying, um, there's also a way that we go about speaking of truth, of what we know, of what the Lord's doing in our life. And there's a very helpful way. And then I think to some degree, there's a way that is not actually beneficial to bringing people closer to the Lord. And I think of, especially within our election in 2020, regardless of what side you were on, there was this, uh, I remember there's a priest video going on. I don't remember the guy's name. And I, I, I'm sure he met really well, but it was, it was very political. 
and it had a million views. And every it seemed like every Catholic that I knew was posting this video on social media saying, wow, this is incredible. What a great mm-hmm. testament. And I, I, I found myself kind of turned off by this video. And I was wondering, you know, I was asking myself, why am I so turned off by it? But it was the way that he was going about it that was it was venomous. And I kind of said, I don't know if this is there. There's a time for that. Our Lord turned tables. I mean, it's not to say that there's not a time for righteous anger. But in this moment, I looked at the video and I said, I don't think that's really the best way to to go about this. Yeah. And then that man's that priest bishop ended up reprimanding him and mm-hmm. asking him to stop being the pastor for his parish for a time until he, you know, had found I, I, they they needed to dialogue yeah. and the guy instead kept going. And, you know, you and I both know that above anything in that, in that office of the priesthood, if, if that's your vocation, you are called to listen to the people who are in charge of you. I mean, uh, so many of the saints have talked about that. They've talked about bad spiritual direction, but obedience ended up being more important than what you and I know to be as what we think is the truth. Yeah. And even in that, the humility that was lacking in that situation, in my opinion, from this priest. And like I said, I don't know, he might be an amazing man. But I looked at that and I said, this isn't the representation we want. And so yeah. just hearing what you're talking about, understanding the truth yeah, and sharing the truth, but doing it so in a way that does not consume us or take us away from our Lord. So when I look for people that I want to follow, the biggest thing I look for oftentimes is peace. I look mm-hmm. people, are you are you speaking about the Lord with peace in your heart, or are you speaking about the Lord with anger? And are you mad all the time? I mean, yeah. those are not going to respond yeah. to because maybe you mean well, but there's something missing. Because I know in my life, even when things are hard, things I don't agree with, if Pope Francis said something I didn't like, you know what I do? I don't sit there and get mad. I pray for him. Yeah, and then I also pray for myself and say maybe I'm the one who's at fault here. Yeah, because yeah, it's yeah. not the Pope, and I yeah. don't know what it's like. But yeah. I think when we take that track for, or when we focus a little more on humility, humbling ourselves, and then, of course, peace. Yeah. The Lord is, is better able to kind of to operate. Yeah, this is such, I mean, we're getting into an area that's so relevant because, you know, social media and news and the news cycles and why it is that they want you to be so riled up. And I think uh, for me, I just, I had to ask myself, why do I need an enemy and an aggressor in order to care about my faith? It seemed like I needed to get so riled up in order to then, oh yeah, I'm going to look up these answers as, you know, I'm so mad. And like, why does that need to be the motivation for me to learn about the faith? Like, or to evangelize or, you know, and so I think, you know, you're touching on a good point that like, what is our motivation for the faith? Are we using it as a weapon or are we legitimately, um, are we legitimately hungry for, truth and for change. And it reminds me of, um, um, the church had a, has a document. We're talking about evangelization. So we're kind of talking to people who are interested in, in being involved in the church's mission to spread the gospel and spread Jesus to, to other people. And the church has a document on evangelization and it says in it, modern man listens more willingly to witnesses than to teachers. But if he does listen to teachers, it's because they first are witnesses. And it's, you know, this is, I'm speaking to myself because in high school, I wanted to just be a teacher. If I could only sit you down and teach you, then you could change, right? And this is such a flaw. Like if if only people read the right books, then we can get racism out of their heart, right? But it's like, no, it's not just, it's not just intellectual knowledge. Like we can't just educate them. 
Like we need to see it. We need to see witnesses. We have to be changed by, by more than just intellectual ascent. Like if only I could just teach you. It's like, no, if you're a witness first, then I trust your teaching. And Jesus showed this. Jesus showed this with his actions. Like he witnessed um, something that was different so that his teaching had weight. And I think that's really important, not just if, for those of us who want to be involved in evangelization, but also to like look at ourselves and go, has my life changed enough? You know, does God have, God always has more to change in our hearts and in our lives. Um, and that's really exciting. Yeah. Oh, true. Well, I think this is honestly a really good part to actually end for episode one. We did not answer any of the questions that I have, which I actually think was, was better. I think yeah. this was wonderful. Um, okay. I'm excited. So I get to come back for, for part two. You do, you do. I, or as long as you're, as long as you're open to it. Um, but I, I'll check but my I, calendar and see if I'm available. <laughs> perfect. How about in uh, about two minutes? <laughs> All right, cool. That works. But this, uh, I hope that anyone listening at home still gained something from this. I know that we were a little more um, all over the place, but I, I think that, you know, this episode especially uh, will give people just some insights into, you know, understanding that our calling here on this earth is, is to be saints, of course. Uh, yeah. That goes without saying, but it's to come to know the Lord and to reflect on the Lord and to reflect on what he's put before us and come to understand it so that then we can live it out. And that does not mean that, you know, we need to, each one of us needs to have a theology degree. And I think you did a good job of hitting on that. It's, it's, it's not that. Yeah. It's more just understanding who he is in even the most simple way. But when we are able to see that and really let natural law impact our hearts, we have the ability to, to change our own life and, and the lives of people who uh, encounter us and yeah. really be a witness. And so yeah. I uh, that people can gain that. Anything you want to say before we... Well, I just want to say, I think, you know, for this, ep- if you've listened this far, this was a great episode. This was your favorite episode of this podcast. I think you should tell Brendan, you should email Brendan, you should leave a review. Wow, this episode is so great. But I think to summarize what we talked about in this episode is evangelization, the the place of catechesis and um, divine revelation in our own lives and in evangelization. And I think in this next episode, we'll talk a little more specifically about the catechism because the catechism is this book that, uh, is so underappreciated. And there's just some little things that we could talk about that I think would make people really excited to open one up. Um, and But then the last thing I wanted to say that I think really summarizes what we've been talking about, uh, there's another document on the missionary activity of the church. And Pope John the Twenty Third says, there's really three contexts for evangelization. One is there are people who have never heard the gospel message and therefore have never responded. So this is like missionary activity. We go to a place they've never heard of Jesus, so therefore they've never responded. Then there's, there's uh, places of pastoral care. There's Christians, people that have heard the gospel message and have responded. Yes, I want the gospel message. But he says that that used to be the only two areas, right? Like we need to go to a different country. They've never heard of Jesus. Let's preach it. They'll either respond or not. But there's a third new in our kind of post-Christian society. There's this new um, context, right? And it's people that think they've heard the gospel message and therefore have not responded. Like I haven't responded because I think I've heard about this Christian stuff and I don't like it. And especially in America, but in other countries as well, we're so post-Christian, these words, God, sin, Jesus, we think we know what they mean. And for me as a Catholic, I think I thought I knew incarnation, annunciation, original. I thought I knew what those things meant, but it's really often the ordinary fundamental things that we don't spend enough time on that can really change our lives. We think we know what those things mean. 
And that's the call of this new evangelization of re being re-evangelized. All of us Catholics or even non-Catholics could could use some some re-evangelizing or a new evangelization of these words. Uh, and I think you guys will enjoy part two of this uh, two-part episode. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I I could keep going with what you just said, but I think I will. Uh, Prudence says uh, I'll cut yeah. myself off. But yeah. thank you for anyone who listened to this episode. Uh, hopefully you join us for part two. Yeah, we'll see you next time and see you on some other time. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, click to subscribe. This is a good Catholic podcast. Visit goodcatholic.com for more information.